Times, a podcast of Christchurch Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. This is episode 86, and this morning we are here with our elders, our pastor, John Payne, and our associate or assistant pastor. Uh, soon <laughs> to be. Soon to be. There we go. That's, that's the official title. <laughs> soon to be uh, Pastor Michael Bauer. So uh, this morning, one of the things that we wanted to talk about would be the concept of church membership. But beyond just simply you should join a church, one of the ideas you want to discuss in some detail this morning is what are the signs of a healthy church member? And so the first thing I think what we should bring up regarding church membership is the nature of the Christian life. That when a Christian, when a person is converted and they are born again, from above and when Christ grabs hold of that soul and they are united to Christ by the Holy Spirit, that Christian is no longer just a individual person by themselves. You don't get saved to be a lone island. You are joined actively to the body of Christ. And that would be the first place I think we should start when talking about church membership, that before you join a local church, you are already part of the body of Christ. That's right. Uh, church membership uh, is a, a tangible way of expressing uh, who we are as Christian believers. Uh, we, we are members of the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. Uh, we are uh, a part of that body, Romans chapter 12. Um, the whole New Testament uh, really is a, an expression of, of who we are as as. Christians as the body of Christ united to Christ and so those who would would say well the New Testament doesn't teach church membership then the, the New Testament assumes church membership everywhere That's right. this is who we are as Christians we are members of the body of Christ Christ is our head we are the members and so we love serve and need one another in, in the body of Christ so it is important when we talk about healthy church membership that first of all, we understand why we have church membership in the first place. Uh, no, it doesn't say in the Bible anywhere, uh, uh, this is how uh, the church membership goes. Here's, these are the vows you are supposed to take. Uh, here's how formal membership works. It, it doesn't have that kind of uh, thing, but it assumes it everywhere. Uh, in the book of Acts, at the beginning, we have 3,000 souls being added to the church added to the church. We have elders who are responsible for shepherding the souls of right. those members who have been added to the church. How does that not convey formal church membership? Exactly. How do the elders know who to shepherd if there is not formal church membership? Right. Uh, so we, we have this clearly, I think, set forth uh, in scripture. And uh, as we consider and evaluate healthy church membership, we need to recognize that church membership is indeed biblical. That's right. And one of the things I'll just add to this is most churches, what usually happens is that when you become a member of a local church, you usually have some type of an interview process that happens in which the elders of the church uh, seek to learn about you, to learn about your profession of faith, uh, learn about the previous churches you were a member of. And all that's basically meant to drive home the point that you are a member of the body of Christ and there are visible ways that you show that uh, in your Christian life. Also, usually when you think about the process of church membership, the second thing that typically happens is that you take an oath and a vow before the entire congregation. 
Now, if you think about how the Bible views oaths and vows, these are not flippant promises. These are not flippant commitments because you're making a promise to the Lord because the Lord is present when those vows are taken and you're making a commitment to the congregation. These are the members of your local church that you are committing yourself to. And so the seriousness of the vows and the oaths that are made tells you that it should be somewhat intuitive that church membership is not a incidental matter of your life. It's one of the core aspects of the Christian life and also for families is one of the core aspects of their family life. How you interact with other families in the church matters in this sense. And so you, you put that all together, that means it makes sense to think about how should I view myself as a member and am I actually a healthy church member? Am I actually keeping up with the promises and vows and oaths that I actually committed to. And so for this morning, there seems you can kind of put together a sense of practical guidelines to look at. Are you thinking about church membership in a healthy, practical, and a self-conscious way? Are you thinking through your commitments? Why is it that healthy church membership is not on the minds of, of Christians. I think that's an important point to make before oh, okay. we before we we consider these important points of what is a healthy church member. Why is it that so many people don't even think in these terms anymore? What has happened in the American evangelical mindset yeah. that has made it so that people aren't even asking the question, "What is a healthy church member?" Well, I think there's a couple of ways to think about it. Uh, I th I'll just take myself personally uh, as a younger Christian. I viewed church commitment in the same type of way that I viewed uh, sports clubs and other things that I did. It was more of a optional type of situation. And if I was to be honest, I also had a very consumer driven concept okay. where basically if you know you, you go to, you, you move to a new city, you go on the internet and look up a bunch of churches to go to, and then you just kind of circle around the churches you like. And if you don't like one church, then you just say, okay, I'll just go to the next one on the list. And you kind of keep going on that way. For me, it was a, a sinful habit of thinking of the church from a consumer mentality rather than these are the men and women that I'm joining myself to in the body of Christ. Exactly. We've lost our sense of... of an understanding of what commitment even means to, to anything in general. People uh, don't want to commit to having dinner with friends because something else might come up yeah. that they would rather do. And so committing our lives, uh, submitting to someone else's authority um, is such a, it, it, so many people fight against that and, and just buck up against uh, authority in general. And so making a commitment is a, um, is something that they just don't, don't even want to do. Yeah. So it's a, consumeristic mindset, mm -hmm. an anti-authoritarian ethos, mm -hmm. uh, a, a me-centered, kind of self-centered view of the Christian life mm -hmm. that really, uh, in, in all these different ways, it, it fights against the whole idea of, of, of committed church membership. That's right. And so we have to evaluate our lives, I think, um, in the lead up to what we're going to discuss about what is a healthy church member to ask ourselves, why would we not even think about what it means to be a healthy church member? And we've lost sight of what the New Testament says. We, we, no, we have. The Bible says so. We've lost that. We, we've talked about this on former podcasts. We grow in community. 
That's right. That's 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 God's. That's by God's design. That when you join a church, you don't join a group of friends that you have a lot of things in common with, that you choose to be with based on similar interests and so on and so forth. When you join a church, you join a group of Christians who are united to Christ and who are all committed to the same Christ and yet may have all different kinds of things going on from their background, all different stages uh, of growth, different ages. And now that becomes the real challenge right, of loving and serving one another in the context of a group of people that don't all like the same football team or don't all have the same educational background mm-hmm. or don't all make the same amount of money or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's the beauty of the church. When the beauty of the church really comes out is when people from different backgrounds, different walks of life uh, are loving each other and serving one another. That's right. That's right. So, well, I guess uh, thinking through some of the practical things about this, I, I take this uh, personally because, uh, you know, I, I'm not an elder. So that means I think about my responsibilities to the church. And that's the first thing I think about when I start this discussion. When you think about being a healthy church member, the first idea that comes to my mind is what are my responsibilities to the church? Mm-hmm. So and I say that because uh, in my past, my immediate question was, what are the elders and pastors' responsibilities to me? I used to basically shift the blame to the pastors and elders and deacons if something was going wrong, basically, in the church. And so the first thing is just an orientation of the mind. What are my specific responsibilities when it comes to my commitment to the church and my responsibilities? And so from there, that gives me a, a list of things I think about in my head. So I'll take the first thing. Um, we know that Christians ought to be committed to the ordinary means of grace. That's a that's a given at this point uh, from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that means to be a healthy church member, think about those means of grace that are being uh, basically offered and proclaimed to you on the Lord's Day. So think about listening to the word of God when it's preached. So a healthy church member is not one who checks out when a sermon happens. And also, if you consider yourself committed to the actual leadership of the church and their shepherding care, that means you don't just ignore the things that you don't like that is being said in the sermon. You consider what is said. So uh, one way to think about this is, are you listening for the purpose of being discipled? Are you listening with the intention that the pastor... Uh, by the leading of the Holy Spirit and means of grace is there, they are, in this sense, giving you the word of God for your edification. So if you ignore it or uh, just only really listen to it when you're there on Sunday, you're by and large missing what you're supposed to be doing. So think about listening to the word of God. You're supposed to meditate upon the word um, when you hear it. And modern technology tells us that we actually can hear this now on MP3 or any sort of other setting. So if you if you miss something in a sermon that you probably should have picked up, you can re-listen to the sermon and meditate upon it on a week. And that's, to me, a good habit of a good church member. The Word of God is preached to you. It's prepared for you in this sense. Then you should treat it as it is. And that means you pay attention, you listen well, and you meditate upon what's heard. And, and one... 
uh, obvious way to, to pay attention and to listen well is to have your Bible open on your lap. Yes. Uh, if ever a Christian should have their Bible open on their lap, it should be during the preaching of the Word of God. And it used to be uh, in former days that uh, committed churches to the Scriptures, churches that are committed to the Bible, everyone would be walking in with their Bible under their, under their arm, right? Mm-hmm. And these days, it, it, it's hard to find that. And a lot of times people will take out their phone or their, uh, or their iPad. And while we don't want to be legalistic and to say that people aren't allowed to do that, of course they are, but we recognize that there are a lot of distractions that come on our devices, uh, emails, texts, uh, notifications of all uh, kinds. Uh, so I would encourage all who listen to this podcast, uh, who are members of Christ Church or perhaps others uh, from other churches who are listening in, to bring your Bible to church and to follow along. And so when the pastor says, look with me at verse 3, that you're able to look with him at verse 3. And uh, we become more familiar with our Bibles when we have our Bibles open during the preaching of the Word. That's right. Uh, When I think of a a second uh, concept I think about in my head is, how committed am I to the members of the church? And this has become more important for our family in particular because uh, my wife and I, we've moved away from our physical, biological family. And one of the things that has always come up has been if there's any group of people that you ought to have a binding kind of family connection to, it would be the ones you've taken oaths with and vows with in the same church. And I've mentioned this in different occasions before, but uh, since being a member of Christ Church, I've always been very grateful to have members of the church who have called me if I'm out of church for some reason, if I'm sick. I've had uh, members of the church uh, seek me out for uh, just to check on me to see how things are going because they knew I had a rough week coming up. Uh, When I was going through my uh, tenure and promotion process last year, numerous people were in prayer for me throughout the entire time. And that type of relationship only develops if both parties know we're committed to each other. And I think, John, you've mentioned this in passing in other sermons, is that this is the difficulty of being on the margins of church life. If you're basically just hanging around the back of the church, in a sense, and you're kind of keeping people at arm's length, you don't feel that connection. And then you have to ask yourself the question, how committed are you to the church as it is? Well, and that comes out in the fact that I will say in 20 years of pastoral ministry, most families that stay on the margins of church life, in other words, go to the morning service Mm -hmm. two to three times a month, Mm -hmm. that that's the extent of their involvement in the church, Uh, don't have people in their home, aren't in Mm -hmm. small groups, don't come to the prayer meeting, don't come to the evening service, um, are are not uh, really involved in the lives of others, Mm -hmm. inquiring into the lives of others, praying for others, serving others that those families typically will hang on for a couple of years and then we'll move churches Mm -hmm. and then we'll do that again. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the serial church hopper. That's right. And they never really apply the theology that's being preached in that we are the church Mm -hmm. 
And so because we are the church, we are the bride of Christ, we are members of the body of Christ, we love and serve one another. And if you don't actually do that, then you're in a constant state of flux and, and you're disconnected. That's right. Right. One of the things that comes out in this particular topic is think about Romans chapter 12, all those exhortations that come out with regards to how the church should relate to each other. And ask yourself the question how you can do this without being faithfully committed to a particular local church. So, for instance, you start Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Mm -hmm. How do you do that without a commitment to your brother? Give preference to one another in honor. Again, very practical church life sort of issues not lagging behind in diligence fervent in spirit serving the lord rejoicing in hope persevering in tribulation devoted to prayer contributing to the needs of the saints practicing hospitality so many of those are direct context of local church sort of things and to me this is a, a very practical way to think about am i actually fulfilling these commandments and it's not as if you can fulfill these commandments overseas to some distant Christian. <laughs> Why would you yeah. do that overseas yeah. and then skip yeah. the people you see yeah. basically weekly? Or, or in more. superficial relationships. That's right. This is not speaking about superficial no. Christian relationships yeah. where you see someone at the coffee shop and you tell each other about what happened at church that day. Yeah. This is this is the deep, deep fellowship. That's right. This is getting involved in each other's business in how, love right how else will you do what 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 paul says in verse 15 to rejoice with those who rejoice yeah. right. weep with those who weep yeah if you don't know the people around you you don't know what to rejoice with yeah them. exactly what yeah to weep with them. You, you can't share your burdens and pains yeah. with one another if you don't really have a commitment to them and that's obvious so if if you know, in my you know unconverted days it's obvious the difference between the person who has the you know I'll pray for you sort of mentality <laughs> where you know they won't, but you know, it's just being polite with you versus the person who can say they can cry for you to say, this is terrible. And I know it's terrible because I've known your life up to this point. That's a, that's miles difference. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think about in concerning a good church member. How involved are you in people's lives? Uh, yeah. Do the good, bad and ugly. And there's a lot of, ugly that occurs in churches Mm -hmm. that are both the results of our sins and then just the tragic things that happen. So I think of Christ Church, since I've been here, we've had members lose children in the family since we've been here. Uh, We've had numerous other awful, tragic things happen. And if you're on the sideline, just not really attached to any member of the church, then you don't really experience the joys that happen or the pains that happen with that. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is the next step in terms of the commitment of the lo- of my membership to the church is how committed I am. And then there's a another follow-up point is the reason that you ought to be this committed is because the church is the shaping and correcting institution that God gives us. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's the reality of my life personally being a member of multiple churches uh, since being converted is that without the church, who knows what sort of heresy I would have flew into 
or what sort of false doctrine I would have mm. stamped myself to. Or what kind of husband you'd be. Or husband, father. father all these things. This and is where we mature, isn't it? This, exactly. this is the workshop exactly. of the Holy Spirit. This is the school of Christ. That's right. To neglect the life and ministry of the local church. I'm not talking about just going to church on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the life and ministry of the yeah. church. Exactly. Being willing to open up your life and to give your life away for the sake of the health of the body of Christ, encouraging and building one another up in love, keeping one another accountable. The qu- question I would ask is, when's the last time you confronted someone in their sin? Right. If the answer is, I can't remember. If I've ever done that, that basically means that uh, there's a big likelihood that you've never really been all in yeah. in a local church. That's right. Because to truly love people means that you're involved in relationships where you can look at one another and say, at the, at the least you can say, I don't understand why this is happening in your life and I love you and I care about you and could you please yeah. talk to me about this because I want you to know I'm here for you and, and I believe God has called me to keep you accountable as you me. <laughs> I mean, so I'm not talking about someone that you, know, you need to walk around rebuking everybody, but at least ex- have you expressed concern in someone's life because they haven't been to church in a few weeks or they've, you know, you, 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 you've, you've seen or heard something maybe online or yeah. Facebook or something. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, it strikes me in this discussion that um, we need to, as faithful Christians and church members, be uh, followers of Jesus Christ, right? He's, we are the ones that he has, he has told his people, uh, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Right? And so uh, to being, uh, being a, a church member, you have to deny yourself. You have to be open to others' rebuke. Not only do you rebuke someone, yeah. but you have to get out of your own way and say, yes, you know what, I am in sin. Um, I, I need to, to deny myself. I need to weep with you and not just think about myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I need to come alongside my brother and care for him. That's right. Um, I need to not be so selfish. So our, our culture is so, uh, it just revolves around the self. So it's so uh, enamored with the self that a, a call to faithful church membership is a call to, um, to, to be a good Christian, to deny yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that you are a non-committed member who's almost never around, but then right. steps in from time to time to rebuke Just everybody, to rebuke <laughs> including the leadership, yeah. right? Um, that when we are all committed to each other with our time and our treasures and our talents, mm-hmm. that builds trust. And when there's trust built, then we know when someone comes to us to bring a rebuke or correction or to ask questions, mm-hmm you know it's from a place of love okay. and not just a place of wanting to be right or to come in and, you know. Justify yourself. Uh, we need to understand that, you know, part of it is that trust is built up. And that takes mm-hmm. time. It takes time. Yes. Um, you know, we don't live in uh, little villages anymore where we ride on horseback and generations of families are in the mm-hmm. same town. Yeah. Uh, we live in a tran- transitional time. So it does take a little time, but, but that's, that's okay. We have time. Right. And uh, we need to love each other that way to be involved in each other's lives. And then uh, probably the next major market I look at personally would be prayer. And prayer, is a, it's, to me, it is where the rubber meets the road in a lot of ways. When you consider the needs that Christians have and 
we all know this personally. Everyone has some sort of struggle or problem or a constellation of problems in their lives, in their families' lives. You have pressures, you have all these things. Uh, how much do you generally pray for the members of your church? And uh, this was something that I mm-hmm. learned first uh, with the first church I ever became a member of was in Colorado. And that was the first thing that came up in terms of just discussions is, you know, pray for me. And what they meant by that is right now, let's pray together. <laughs> okay. And from that basic point, I learned how much the members of my church at that time prayed for each other in the evening, in the morning, throughout the day. They knew because they knew each other's lives so well, that meant you had so much to pray for. You knew them well enough to have specific specific types of prayers. And what, what gets cultivated in your heart when you're praying for people? A deeper love deeper and affection. Love. Yeah, yeah, love for them. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that in terms of the current church and uh, Christ Church right now, one of the things that Alicia and I did was that we now have a, a notebook of weekly prayers we have for people because mm-hmm. we have an email chain and a text chain with some uh, some of the members of the church and we just exchange prayer requests mm-hmm. and we know what's going on in our lives we get into each other's business we pray over all these things per week and at Christ Church if you just take a bulletin flip it to the back you got all these missionaries <laughs> you can pray for sure. you think about the Lord's Prayer thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven yeah, it's great to pray that across the seas for people you don't know. But where do you actually walk with people? It's in your local church. And for the Lord to bless the ministry of this local church and to bless the ministry of all gospel preaching churches, the members have to be one, according to Romans 12, devoted to prayer. And devotion means that it's not accidental. It's not just every so often. It is this is the posture of my heart. This is part of the weekly schedule, so to speak. And then with that, you then look at the prayers that you give for your elders and officers, elders, deacons, and etc. Consider the fact that they are the ones who are praying over your soul on a regular basis. Consider the fact that they're the ones that are largely doing most of the behind the scenes work and keeping a church stable, <laughs> typically. And Again, I used to have the mentality where if I didn't see something, I would just go complain to the pastor. That used to be me about a decade ago. Mm. And you realize after a decade of time how just incredibly arrogant and selfish that is. (laughs) Um, But you only learn that through your own growth in a Christian life and being in a church. And for me, that was the most immediate thing is that I have no idea what happens behind the scenes. Because, you know, elders cannot discuss everything openly. But what you do is that in those cases and where uh, you know there's struggle going on, you pray earnestly. Consider the actual roles that those elders and deacons are in the life of the church. And that means the members have that responsibility to earnestly pray to make sure that if that's the only thing you can do, if you are, you know, take if you're a single person and you don't have necessarily a lot of money you can give to your church you may not have time because you may be musc student you may have all these other things happening but what you always can do is to seek the lord and pray for the members and the elders 
Yeah, all you can do is go to the Lord of the Universe and uh, pray that uh, he would work his mighty power in the life of the church. Exactly. Then you do that. That's all you can do. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, the Lord has, has uh, gifted every member of his church in various ways, but he certainly has give all, given us all the tool of prayer Definitely. for the health and, and blessing of the church, both for the members uh, and for the leadership. And it, that's the way it works, isn't it? When you... When you pray for your missionaries, you have a, a uh, more of a heart for evangelism and mission. Okay. When you pray for your fellow church members, you grow in your love and affection for them and your concern for them. When you pray for your pastor and your elders and your deacons, uh, you be- begin to become more aware of, of their own responsibilities and burdens. And you begin to encourage them and look to encourage more than you do to complain. And Which is the, the it's in all of our hearts. All of us have this this as we talked about in men's Bible study this morning, the struggle with indwelling sin and selfishness and pride. And, and so our, our first reaction is often to complain and to, to, to bring criticism rather than to bring uh, encouragement. Um, so these things, these, these principles for healthy church membership are really valuable. Um, thank you for leading us in this discussion, Gabe. Definitely. Well, I've hoped that you've enjoyed our particular discussion here, and we look forward to talking to you again on Between the Times.